It's 2.35 here on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Carolyn Wright with the 123 Show. Now, when we think about visual art, often it's the gallery or museum or home artist that comes to mind. In this week's Artsing Around with Andrew Dembina, though, he reports from a studio in Central, where, among other activities, its owner runs one workshop that she says is particularly good for de-stressing. Hi, I'm Katie Flowers of Wild Art Studio. I'm an art therapist, an art educator, and still a practicing artist. So we're in your Wild of Art Studio, Katie. It's a very cosy space with lots of very colorful art around. And today I want to ask about a particular activity that you hold of creating mandalas. Uh-huh. Uh, and we're surrounded by a lot of very different colored works, which are mandalas. But what's the definition, first of all, of a mandala? Well, a mandala Mandala is the ancient Sanskrit word for anything which happens inside a circle. So we could say a circle or a container. And commonly uh, a feature of Buddhist and Hindu art and religious practices, but not exclusive to that. Mandalas can be found in art and in rituals and many activities all around the world in just about every culture because the circle is a very beguiling shape. We're in front of a very varied selection. Some are monochrome, black and white. Others are very colourful. They do, as you say, all hinge around a circular form. Uh, Most of them are within a circle, but not all of them are contained. Some of them have elements Mm. of circle within them. And although you say that they're based in sometimes religious or philosophical historic images that have been around for a long time. There is an interest these days. I mean, one of the things that you do is a workshop with people who are making these images based on ancient images. What are they actually producing? Well, this mandala workshop that you refer to is a monthly gathering, and this began at the Alive Wellness Centre perhaps five years ago. Yeah. And it began as offering a, a mindful wellness practice mm. to people who need to de-stress and unwind. And essentially, all these months down the line and many mandalas later, that is pretty much the reason that people come here. And what I tend to do is because a lot of people come all the time, I like to tap into what I feel is the energetic power of what's happening in the world around us throughout the year. So the mandalas that you see here might be created in response to particular festivals. Let's let's say Christmas mandalas because Diwali, which has just gone Christmas, which is just coming up. And I devise a theme using a variety of different art materials and give sufficient structure and guidance to invite people safely into the practice. So in other words, whatever we are doing on a monthly basis, if you are a complete beginner, Mm. you're going to be able to access this process. And if you're somebody that's been coming all the way through, which there are people who have, then you're going to encounter something just very slightly different each time. So you're building your repertoire of art skills. In fact, a friend of mine who I'm a Facebook friend with posted something that she'd done on one of your courses and she said that she'd never done any painting before. You've beaten me to one of my questions here because (laughs) I was going to ask whether there is any 
prerequisite for a little bit of artistic uh, talent or a feel for things that are visual? My response to that question is always, actually, we are all artists primarily. That is our first language. And so usually when people come here calling themselves a beginner, I just like to remind them that they're just simply reconnecting with the art that they possibly pressed pause on when they were eight or seven or 11 years old. And people do come with their kind of low expectations of, well, I can't draw a straight line or I'm no good at art. And that's usually a little bit of fear and a little bit of caution on their part. Mm. And once we've snuggled a bit of ego away into the corner, we can usually bring people gently and in a very, very guided way into this practice. I use different techniques and... I don't know if you can work this out, but I'm going to pull one right out of the hat and say to you, a common way in that I use is to use the eight points of a compass. Okay. And so what I say to people is a compass is a tool to help you find your way. Yeah. So you have to trust me that I'm going to help you with the use of this compass to find your way artistically in this circle to create. Okay. Well, the piece that we're talking about here is on a slightly thicker card or watercolour paper. There are transparent paints on it. There's either gold marker or gold paint. There are stickers. It's mixed media and it's uh, it's very, very vibrant. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that because actually I'm a mixed media artist and that's definitely my go-to. And I feel also that using mixed media methods sometimes can help people create art layer by layer, stage by stage. So it's a bit like doing a journey, you know, with taking each step, pausing, doing a little bit more, reflecting, doing a little bit more. And our image starts to get built up in complexity mm. and shape. And that becomes a very satisfying experience quite quickly. Right, we're looking at a table that is covered with a dozen or so, probably more, images. And some of them are very colourful, as we've just described. There's a lot of layering going on. Um, collage or things that are stuck on, whether they're self-adhesive or not, is often used... There seems to be some stenciling going on. Actually, that's white pen, and this is a real favourite material. It looks like a stencil, doesn't it? It, it really does. This we're is looking freehand. At, okay, we're looking at something which is on a colourful wash of bright colours in the background, and then I'm now hearing that it's been painted freehand with white paint. I really thought that something like a stencil or a, an old-fashioned doily had been laid down to be able to poke some white paint through yeah, that. I love how you referred to a doily. Exactly, <laughs> that's such a gorgeous um, thing as well, gorgeous circle as well. And again, believe it or not, this is also using the eight-point method. The centre of the circle is a great big radiating sun. Yes, it looks like it. Yeah, and that's kind of using what I like to call eyeball measuring, but by the time we've gotten out to this circle here, I've anchored it back to north, south, east, west every time. Okay. And that helps people measure gradually. To keep within proportion and yeah. not lose sight of being yeah. either symmetrical or contained with spaces that make sense. That's right. So you mentioned you started, uh, there's a central image in the middle of the piece of paper. It looks like a, a sun image and you said it is. And then there are concentric circles outward from it that lead from the centre. Once we begin to make marks in a very guided and repetitive fashion, what usually happens, and I absolutely guarantee that this room can be very fizzy when people arrive and then it will quieten and gentle down incredibly rapidly as people start to make marks and gentle into what I would call um, their flow state. And that really is the tantalizing and beguiling aspect very much of this process that you can just drop away and as you move around the circle you are literally coming back to your own center. 
despite you, you start in the center quite commonly. And really, I would say that it's a physical manifestation of centering ourselves. Well, okay, we've touched on another question, which was how do people de-stress from your mandala groups? And that, that makes perfect sense what you've just said. How does that work when one or two of the images mm -hmm. are not so involved with concentric circles? Yeah, so you've hit upon the uh, yin-yang um, mandala here, which is one of the ones that gets created around about autumn equinox time. Time yeah. when we're looking at the balance aspect of night and day or white and black or we're looking at how balance features in our lives and that's the focus of where we put our attention during the whole evening practice and this particular one that I'm holding you're absolutely right is done in simply using a black pen yeah on a white and, background on a white background and as you say we don't start from the center in this particular one, actually, we would start with the sort of lovely teardrop shape that's half of a yin-yang. Got it. And that shape is what I call an invitational space. That invites the design brain to come inside and explore what can I do around this line? What can I do inside the line? What can I do outside the line? What can I do here? And really, I approach much of my artwork with people by using that question. What if and what would happen if? And I wonder what would happen if. And that encourages people to be very forgiving of themselves, as opposed to feeling that there's a right and there's a wrong and that I'm going to... Being so self-critical. Yeah. 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 With the example that you just gave, the autumn uh, equinox inspired one with half a yin-yang teardrop shape to start with. Was your workshop full of lots of different renditions that followed that initial shape? Yes. So we had mixed media in that particular workshop. Some people like to work in colour. Some yeah. people like to work in black and white. Some people simply like to gentle into watching how watercolour moves. They might not want to be uh, involved in this kind of intricate pen work that okay. you see here. Yeah, this so is very detailed. In that situation, I usually try to track the material desires and comfort levels of the people in the room and follow that myself and guide them, just as I would as if, if, if I was teaching a class of kids in a school. Yeah. You follow what people are here for. And yeah. comfortable. And comfortable with, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just back to the origins of mandalas, which, um, which really are centuries or millennia old in different parts, particularly yeah. in Asia, yeah. um, Tibet, Japan, China, um, and South Asia. But today, why do you think there's been a resurgence of interest? I mean, you've been running this for some years, as you say. You're getting people into a, a, a relaxed state where the room hushes, as you've described. Mm -hmm. What is it that's drawn people back to these particular images? I, I think, actually, what exists in people today, which has also been very highlighted during this COVID year that we're experiencing, uh, is, is really a deep yearning. A deep yearning to reconnect with... As I, as I called it before, our, our first language, so our artistic voice, we could say, to use our hands. We so rarely connect with using our hands in most of the jobs that people are involved with these days. We are connecting with watching something emerge on a piece of paper that we're bringing into existence that wasn't there before. And there's a very high level in, of self-efficacy in that. Yeah. People become excited to watch an image coming to life before them. And sometimes what will happen is that uh, people will be so deeply into their flow state that they don't 
necessarily look at the whole thing until the end. And then they'll hold the image, you know, at a little distance from themselves. And that really most times be very thrilled and surprised a little bit with mm. what has been created in that time. That's a self-love boost. Yeah. That's a boost of feeling happy about what you've just done. Right. Is that a bonus, though? You were saying, really, it's more about the process, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bonus. People come, I would say, for the process. A lot of times I say to people, where, where do you keep your mandalas? And, and there are occasional people that collect them in a book. Yeah. Some people put them in a binder. Few people stick them on the fridge. One or two people say, "Oh, I just put them in the pile of stuff on, you know, under the table." <laughs> really, it's it is about the process. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how long does it take to create one in one of your workshops? Well, the ones you can see here yeah. have all been created in um, a two and a half hour workshop, and that usually consists of a kind of thirty to forty minute warm up design brain warm up practice. Then we enter our circle. Is that an individual process of warming up, or do you have a bit of a group brainstorming? No. We do have a group brainstorm i'll tell you how it works <laughs> yeah. so usually and let's use that as the theme for That's example the, the, so, the, the, the black and white details yeah so the black and white detailed up. ones so i give people the history of this shape which is part of a paisley pattern which is a design that emanated in persia they create uh, their very own little paisley teardrop if you like yeah and then I encourage them to look for their personal doodle, which we all have. You have one too. And sometimes we have several. Does that mean a signature doodle? Yeah, I mean, the one yeah. that you... Go-to. I, I bet if I ask you what your go-to is, you'd know kind of what you might... Probably. Do, you know, I do spirals and some people yeah, might do wandering lines. Coils. Or, there you go. Yeah. And so I might invite them to start with that around here. And then after a little while, I say, pass it on. And so the image is passed to the left, to the next person, yeah. who then picks up that design oh, and right. adds to it, and then we pass it on. And the exercise is completed oh. when everybody in the room has contributed. So then you end up having a little design piece back that is filled with ideas. You've loosened up without feeling that you're comparing yourself to anyone else in the room. That's collaboration going And on. it's collaboration. Excellent. Yeah, connection. Okay, it all sounds intriguing, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than we can uh, fit into this conversation. And where can people best find you to find out if they like the sound of these mandala workshops? Well, I'm usually all over Facebook on Wild, at Wild Art uh, Studio. My Instagram is also Wild Art Studio, and my website is wildartstudio.com. Okay, thanks very much, Katie. Thanks so much to you as well. That was Katie Flowers of Wild at Art Studio in Central and she was talking to the 123 Show's Artsing Around correspondent Andrew Dembina. More Artsing Around this time next Thursday. <laughs>